for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything but only faith working through love. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view, and the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. But if I, brothers, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your, your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. I would like to share with you my favorite commentary line ever. It's from a sermon starter reflection on Calvin Seminary's website. Um, and it says, I quote this word for word, Christ did not set you free to be a jerk. It's brilliant. You see, in Jesus, we are granted freedom from the bondage of sin and death and yuck, but that does not mean that we are free to do whatever. There are plenty of ways of going about our day-to-day -day lives that do not genuinely embrace freedom in Jesus. Freedom from death doesn't just mean that we accept a golden ticket to heaven to get out of having to really die someday. It has implications for today as well. Real freedom means we are free here and now as well as later. Not just free to do whatever we want, that's not necessarily freedom, but free to want to live the abundant life that Jesus offers us. 
We are not set free from responsibility toward ourselves, others, and creation when we are set free from sin. We aren't set free from participation in the struggle between good and evil. We aren't set free from sin in order to spend all of our time judging the sin of other people. People who spend any part of their precious time on earth nitpicking about the way other people live their lives or refusing kindness or service to others because of the other person's sin, be it actual or perceived sin. They aren't free from sin. They're just trapped by the sin of other people just as much as they are trapped by their own sin. This passage in Galatians is often misused. Many of us learned the fruits of the Spirit part of it in Sunday school or vacation Bible school as kids. And many people use this list of don't do thises in order to point the finger at other people. But rarely do we put the two together in their entire context, and that is a big problem. When we look at just the list of do not, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, etc., it's easy to fall into a pattern of avoidance, of living out of these things rather than living into our identity in Christ. In other words, we can take that as a list of things to avoid and think that we're doing okay if we manage to avoid most of them most of the time. Well, I was jealous of that new Apple Watch my friend got this week, but I didn't participate in any occult activities, so I'm not doing too bad. When we look just at the list of the fruits of the Spirit by themselves, these things that Paul says Christians should be doing, it's easy to see it as a to-do list that we can check off or fail at. It's a list of good deeds, and the more of them we nail, the better. And that's really a best-case scenario of what happens when we separate these, these two sections of this passage. The worst case is when we put it up on a pedestal as a list of really nice ideals that nobody really gets right anyway. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control looks great cross-stitched on a pillow. But it's not very easy to actually do every day, and so it becomes some sort of ideal that we would like to achieve but probably can't. So we pick out one or two of them to work on, sort of like they're some kind of New Year's resolution or part of a list we found in a self-help book or an online article. Here's another great line from that same commentary I just quoted a few moments before. For Paul, it was never a matter of saying, become what you are not by behaving better. It was always a matter of be who in baptism you already are. It was never behave so God will save you. It was always God already saved you, so act like it. Paul is not saying, here's your list of do's and don'ts. Paul is saying, you are free to live as the person God made you to be. And here are some of the characteristics that people living in Christ's freedom have in common. They are set up in contrast to a set of characteristics that people living in bondage to the flesh, to the world, have in common, like anger and division and rivalries. And this is not meant to be black and white. It's not meant to be prescriptive. It's meant to be descriptive. 
You're not either solidly in one camp or the other. I'm sorry to burst your bubbles, my dear ones. We are all sort of all over the place and back and forth. They are not a prescription for trying harder. They are a description of what we are free to become. Freedom in Christ is so much bigger than simply freedom from going to hell. Freedom in Christ isn't freedom from change, and it doesn't mean that some sort of magic wand is waved over us and we instantly become an awesome person. It takes time for fruit to grow. It takes nurture. It takes fellowship with other Christians. It takes time spent reading scripture, prayer, fasting, meditation, worship, celebration, solitude, silence, and so much more. Fifteen years ago, when we moved into our house, there was this awful, wild rose bush on the front hillside. We referred to it as Audrey II. It was covered in beautiful little pink roses for like a week in June. And the rest of the year, it was just this thorny, dangerous mess that did not allow anything else to grow in that section of our hill. It would snag people as they tried to walk up our front steps. I'm not even kidding you. It made half the front yard completely unusable. It damaged the concrete on our stairs and our retaining wall. So we tore it out. We thought we were clever. We would just get rid of that thing. And the next year it grew back. So we tore it out again and we covered over the ground. And it grew through the ground cover the next year. So we tore it out again, and we planted raspberry bushes, because those are pretty hardy. They'll grow just about anywhere and choke out other plants, and it worked. That summer that we planted the berry bushes, we had lovely raspberries for much of the summer, and there was no evil rose bush trying to kill us or trip us as we walked past on the stairs. There was one small problem with our plan. Tim and I are terrible gardeners. Neither of us has the time, the energy, or the desire to do anything meaningful with any part of our landscaping. We're lucky it gets mowed more than once a month. And that's just because we have a 10-year-old we can bribe to do it now. (laughs) The thing about raspberry bushes is that they're pretty hardy unless you completely neglect them, which we did. (laughs) We did not nurture that fruit We didn't water it. We didn't prune it the right way. We tried to prune it, but it was definitely not the right way. We didn't weed the ground around it. And so while it had one great year of beauty and fruit the first year we planted it, eventually that raspberry bush patch withered away to nothing. And that stupid, dangerous, wild rose bush came back. I don't know where it was in that year the raspberry bushes were there, but it was there waiting to come back. We were free from that stupid rose bush for a while, but we did not take the freedom from that rose bush seriously, and we paid the price for neglecting it. It killed those berry bushes, and we fought it for a few more years. After years of killing it back every year, putting plastic on the ground, digging out all the roots we could find, planting other things, churning up that dirt. It's pretty much gone now, 15 years later. 
but we also have other weeds trying to invade. Now we have knotweed, and every once in a while we see a little pink rose trying to creep back in again. My friends, that is how faith is. Many people bear fruit right after that faith takes hold, big amounts of fruit, and they have a great season or two. But with neglect and malaise, the fruit slows and eventually withers to nothing as the weeds creep back in. My friends, all of our gardens need to be tended, not just sometimes, but always, constantly. We are free to live in beauty, dear ones. Let us nurture that. Let us seek it out. Let's find that beauty, that freedom, and walk joyfully in it together. Here is your prayer prompt for this week as we pray and discern as a community. How can we as a congregation live into the freedom of the fruit of the Spirit? What do those fruits look like in action in our neighborhood? Let us pray. Lord, Help us to live into our freedom. Give us the discernment to follow your spirit so that all who meet us would see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Show us how to tend our own gardens and the garden that is this church community as well so that this fruit might grow and flourish. Amen. Amen.